Like I said, the title of my message this evening follows in a series that we've been uh, doing, and it is The Fruit of the Spirit is Joy. For those who haven't been with us, uh, or at least with me over the last couple of weeks when we've been on this series, you know, a few weeks ago I kicked off this series with a message titled Barren or Bearing, uh, where we looked at our spiritual responsibility to bear much fruit and fruit that will last. And I'm just going to take a couple minutes to just refresh us where we've been and where we are tonight. Now, the fruit that we're talking about can be called, according to Philippians 1.11, the fruit of righteousness, or according to our foundational scripture in Galatians 5.22, Paul calls it the fruit of the Spirit, when he says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such, the word says, there is no law. But either way, no matter what we call it, the fruit of the Spirit or the, the fruit of righteousness, what we must understand and what we need to understand is that this fruit can only be produced in the life of a born-again believer. This fruit can only be produced by the Spirit in our spirit, church. So I let you know right up front that this fruit is available to everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord to be saved. This fruit is available for anyone that decides to allow the Spirit of God reside in their heart. Jesus said, good fruit comes only from a good tree. He said, and righteous fruit comes only from a righteous tree. Therefore, if Jesus is our righteousness, then the fact is we cannot bear good fruit or righteous fruit apart from Him. Amen? Remember, Jesus said, if you remain in me and I in you, then you will bear much fruit, fruit that will last. But apart from me, you can do nothing. So the reality is, apart from Christ, we can produce nothing good. We would love to think that we can, amen. We would love to think that a lot of the good things that are going on in our life are because of us and because of who we are, but we are nothing without Jesus Christ. Remember, the Word of God says that all good things come from above, coming down from the Father of light. So I say all that just to remind us, church, that if we don't remain in Him and He in us, we can do nothing good and we can't bear good fruit. The second message that I brought you in this series was concerning the fruit of the Spirit, which is love. And we looked at four levels of love mentioned in the Greek. And I'm real quick just going to get us up to to par where we're at. The first love we looked at was eros, which is an erotic, physical, selfish love. It's a self-serving love, and it does not endure, and it does not last. Stergo is another love. It's an affectionate love. It's considered a puppy love. It's driven by emotion and feeling. But what you and I need to understand and remember is that neither of these two loves are attached to the new covenant. Neither of these two loves in the Greek are even mentioned in the New Testament, which simply means that this type type of love is not a fruit produced by the power of the Spirit in our lives. They are both earthly loves, and again, they do not endure. They don't bear all things. They don't believe all things. They don't hope all things. They do not endure all things because they are not produced from the Father. They're natural in their uh, in their. Uh, beginnings or origins. The third love we looked at in the Greek is phileo. It's a brotherly love. It's a reciprocal love. It is a genuine love. It's mentioned in the New Testament, but it's still not the highest level of love. 
which we all know is agape love. Agape is the loftiest of loves, and it's the only love used as a command in the Word of God. This is perfect love. The love of Jesus Christ, which was shed abroad. This is the love that we are to aspire to. This is the love that is to be produced in our lives. It's an unconditional love. It's an unchangeable love. A love, as we learned, which is able to endure. It's the love spoken of in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which you all know is the love chapter. It is the love that we are to bear at all times. Remember, God called us to bear fruit and fruit that will last. So when we begin to talk about these fruits like love and joy and peace, we're talking about a love that lasts, a love that endures. Tonight, when I talk about joy, I'm talking about a joy that lasts and a joy that endures through all of the heartaches, the situations, the nonsenses, and the frustrations of life. It endures through it all. Fruit that endures through everything we might go through in this physical life. Fruit that endures all the way to the end. And the only way any of this fruit will endure in our life is if it comes down from the Father above. There is no love on this earth that will endure to the end. There is no joy on this earth that will endure to the end. And we're going to look at that tonight. What we have to understand is that the love or the fruit and the joy that we're talking about, it's produced in one place. It's produced in heaven. And tonight, what we're going to look at is the second virtue of the fruit of the Spirit, and that is joy. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, etc. And tonight, we're going to look at joy. But once again, even before I go, lay the foundation. We must understand that I'm not talking about an earthly joy. I'm not talking about a natural joy. Just like I wasn't talking about an earthly love and a natural love, I'm not talking about an earthly joy and a natural joy as well. Tonight, we're talking about a supernatural joy, a joy that's unspeakable, a joy you can't really put into words, a joy that this world really may not be able to figure out. It's a joy that's unspeakable according to the Word of God, and it is full of glory. You see, the joy that I'm talking about tonight and the joy that God wants you to experience, it's not empty, church. It's not partially developed. It's not lacking. It's full, the Bible says. It's full of glory. It's full of power. It's full of praise. And it cannot be produced in a carnal heart. It cannot be produced in an earthly heart. It can't be produced in a heart of stone, church. It can only be produced in a heart that has been touched by the hand of God. It can only be produced in a heart that has been broken and is now contrite. It can only be produced in a heart that has been softened by the love of God. And when you study this passage and you study the fruits, they build upon one another. I told you at the beginning of this series, unless your heart has been touched by the love of God and softened by the love of God, there's no way you can love anyone else. If your heart has not been touched by the love of God, softened by the love of God, become broken and contrite by the love of God. Please understand it's the love of God that breaks your heart. It's the love of God that softens your heart. It's the love of God that opens up your heart so that you can love those that you would normally hate, that you would normally curse. But when the love of God comes into your life, you bless and you don't curse. Amen. 
And so once that love has come and touched your heart and opened up your heart, something begins to happen in that heart. And right behind the fruit of love comes the fruit of joy. It's a joy that's unspeakable and it's full of glory, church. And according to the song, it's half has not has never yet been told. That's what I'm talking about. It's a joy that no matter how much you talk about it, you just can't fully explain it because it's unspeakable, church. And it's full of glory. And as His children, this is what God wants to be growing in our lives. As His children, this is what He wants producing in our lives, church. He wants us to be full of joy, Not lacking, not empty, not partially uh, filled. He wants us to be full of joy, church, that's full of goodness and full of mercy. Please understand, if your heart's not full of glory, if your heart's not full of the kingdom, if your heart's not full of Christ, if your heart's not full of the Spirit, you cannot be full of joy. It's where it starts. If your heart's not full of Jesus Christ, if your heart's not been uh, receptive to the love that was lavished upon you, His love is the first thing that fills you up. Amen? Therefore, if your heart's not full of that love, if it's not full of glory, if it's not full of the kingdom of God, if it's not full of Jesus Christ, then you cannot be full of joy. If your heart's not full of the Spirit, then you cannot produce anything spiritual. Amen? If your heart is not full of all of those good things that come down from the Father above, there's no way you can produce good fruit. It's what you and I need to understand. If you're full of the world at church... You can only produce worldly things. If you're full of the world, if the only thing that you ingest, if the only thing you take in, if the only thing that you're exposed to day after day is the things of this world, then you cannot produce good fruit. And you cannot be filled with joy. The only thing that will come out of your heart... The only thing that will come out of your mind, the only thing that will come out of your mouth are rotten things and worldly things and unrighteous things, church. Things that are not good. The world might call them good. The world actually calls them pleasure. But on the other side of that pleasure is nothing but pain. You understand what I'm saying? On the other side of these things that the world calls pleasure and wonderful is nothing but death and decay and rot, church. So we must understand to be full of the fruit of joy, to be full of the fruit of glory, then something from glory has to fill our life. Amen? And this is what the Bible is teaching us. In John 17:13, Jesus prayed a very important prayer. He prayed to the Father and he asked, May they, my disciples, have my joy fulfilled in themselves. It's a powerful prayer. The joy that Jesus walked around in, he wanted that joy to be poured out and fulfilled in the lives of his disciples. And not just the 12 the disciples that walked around with him 12 or 2,000 years ago. He wants his joy to be fulfilled in your life. If you're his son, if you're his daughter, if you're his disciple, his prayer is, may they be filled with my joy. May my joy be fulfilled in their life. Again, God doesn't want you walking around empty. God doesn't want you walking around half full. God doesn't want your your joy tank uh, reading three quarters or one quarter or half of a tank. He wants your, your joy tank to be marked full. 
And the, and the more you allow Christ into your life, the more you allow the kingdom of God into your life, the more you allow the love of God to be developed in your life, the more joy just comes pouring out, church. People will look at you and they'll wonder, Woo, where's that coming from? All hell seems to be breaking loose in their life. They don't got enough money to pay their bills. They just lost their job. This just happened. That just happened. But what is that that, that's bubbling up out of their soul? It's a joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. Amen? This is what the Holy Spirit is trying to teach us. Please understand, this world cannot give you the joy that we're talking about. It can offer you happiness through happenings. You understand what I'm saying? This world is real good at offering you happiness through happenings. If good things happen, well, I'm excited. Oh, I'm happy. If good things happen, if the right thing happens in my life, you'll see a smile on my face. You'll you'll see a clap in my hand. If the right things happen in my life, you might see me dance and you might see me rejoice. If the right thing happens in my finances, you might see me tithe and you might see me give. But what happens when the good things don't happen, church? What happens when the good things don't come? What happens when the heartache comes? What happens when the happenings hurt? What happens to our joy? It withers. It fails. Happiness can fall off your branches. Happiness can wither up and die. Happiness can be choked. Happiness can fade and happiness can fail because happiness, like I said, is based on happenings. But the joy of the Lord is rooted in heaven. The joy of the Lord is is flowing from glory, church. And it's how we can be filled with that same glory. So please understand If you're living your life on happenings, if you're waiting for the right thing to happen and then maybe I'll be happy, you'll only be happy for part of your life. And then what happens? That's not a joy that's full. It's not, it's not a joy that's unspeakable, church. And it is a, it is only a, a joy that this world can offer. But understand, this world cannot give you what we're talking about. When we are plugged into God, if His joy stays full and ripe in every situation of our life, church, His joy becomes our strength. The Bible, you mean you know that verse, the joy of the Lord is our strength. No matter what's going on in my life, no matter what's going on in uh, my my marriage, my finances, or whatever area of life. The joy of the Lord is my strength, not the happenings of this world. Bad things happen every day. So don't hang your happiness on that, please. You hook yourself up to God. You allow the kingdom of God to flow into your life, flow into your marriage, flow into your mind, flow into your finances, flow into every area, church, and it becomes your strength. The joy that we're talking about tonight in the Hebrew is often called a calm delight, a calm delight. However, it has nothing to do with our emotions, has nothing to do with our feelings. Happiness has to do with emotions. Happiness has to do with feelings. But again, we're not talking about happiness. 
Happiness is cultivated on earth. Now, God can make you happy. Please don't, un- don't, don't misunderstand what I'm... God can make you happy, amen? God can make you. But what I'm talking about here is the joy of the Lord. And it's different, church. What we need to understand is that, th- that, that the joy that we're talking about tonight, it's not attached to the circumstances or situations or happenings of our life. The, the joy that I'm talking about isn't attached to the, to the funds in your bank account. It's not attached to the, the food in your pantry. It's not attached to the kind of car you drive or the kind of clothes you wear. The joy I'm talking about isn't attached to another human being. It's attached to the vine of Jesus. Jesus Christ. It's, it's attached to the, the veins of Emmanuel that flow from on high. This is what you and I need to understand. The joy that Paul is speaking about, it's not rooted in earthly soil. It's not rooted in rotten soil. It's not rooted in carnality, church. It's rooted in the kingdom of God. It's rooted in Jesus Christ himself. The joy that I'm talking about doesn't grow on earthly ground. It's cultivated in the kingdom of God, like I said. can only be cultivated in Jesus Christ. Only be cultivated in Jesus Christ. And again, yeah, that's the rain. Come on down, Lord. That's the rain. It takes me back to the beginning of my message. Without Jesus Christ, you've got nothing. Without Jesus Christ... You can't have love. Without Jesus Christ, you can't have joy. Without Jesus Christ, there's no good things to be cultivated in your life and you will be a slave. Please get this. You will be a slave to your emotions. You will be a slave to your feelings. You'll be a slave to the happenings of life. You'll be a slave to the, the balance in your checking account. You will be a slave to the what this person says and what that person says. You'll be a slave to what that person does and what that person does or doesn't do. Listen, I don't want to be a slave to any of those things. I want to be a slave, like Paul said, a slave and a bondservant to Jesus Christ. Because when I'm yoked to Him, good things come into my life. Amen? When I'm yoked to Him, He leads me into still waters, church, and causes me to lie down in green pastures. When I'm yoked to Him, He takes me into a joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. It can only be cultivated in Christ. And it's why in Ezekiel 47, 12, it says, Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit. Catch this. Because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Please understand, according to Scripture... Those who are rooted in heaven bloom and bring forth fruit every single month. Those individuals who are rooted in Jesus Christ, rooted in heaven, attached to the the glory of God, church, they will bring forth fruit every single month. They'll bring forth fruit in every single season. They'll bring forth fruit in every single situation. They'll bring forth fruit in every single storm 
They'll bring forth fruit even when they're walking through the waters and walking through the flame. They'll bring forth fruit in a season of lack and in a season of plenty. They'll bring forth fruit in a season of sickness as well in a season of health. You understand, this is the joy and the fruit that the Holy Spirit is speaking about tonight. It brings forth fruit in every season. Why? Because the water from the sanctuary flows to them flows into their life. And if you don't know what the sanctuary is, I'm talking about the the throne room of God. I'm talking about the kingdom of God, the throne room of mercy and the throne room of grace. It flows to them, church. So the question tonight is, what's flowing into your life? The question is, what's flowing into your mind? Question is, what's flowing into your marriage? What's flowing into your eyes? What's flowing, church, into your family? What's flowing into your finances? What's flowing into your spiritual life? And from where is it flowing? That's the important question. Because unless it's flowing from glory, unless it's flowing from the sanctuary of God, unless it's flowing from Emmanuel's veins, which are full of purity and full of life and full of mercy and full of grace, unless it is flowing from the kingdom of God, it's, it's polluted. Please understand, it's polluted. Unless the, the kingdom of God is flowing into your life, You'll never experience this joy that I'm talking about. You'll never experience this joy that's unspeakable and full of glory unless the kingdom of God is flowing into your life. Listen to me. I'm not here to be critical, but there's some junk flowing into our lives. There's some junk flowing into our households. It amazes me the kind of junk we watch on TV. It amazes me the kind of gossip we listen to. It amazes me the kind of movies we watch. It amazes me the kind of garbage we allow to flow into our lives and flow into our marriages. It amazes me how much pornography flows into into a marriage and we wonder why that marriage isn't filled with joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. Because garbage and rot and pollution is flowing into that family church. We need to take a serious inventory of what we are allowing to flow into our lives. It's the number one reason why we're not experiencing the joy of the Lord in our life. Because this polluted world is flowing into our lives more than the kingdom of God is. More than the kingdom of God is. We've got to learn to be careful what we watch. We need to be careful what we listen to. We need to be careful where we place ourselves, church, because every one of those things has will flow into your life. And unless you turn it off, it's still going to flow. Unless you turn it off, unless you cut it off, and allow the kingdom of God to flow into your life, we will miss out on this joy. What's flowing into your life? Understand the joy Jesus was praying for doesn't evaporate in the heat of adversity, church, because its water, its source, its life, its sustenance flows from the sanctuary of God. doesn't flow from man. The water that I'm talking about doesn't evaporate when the temperature goes up. 
It doesn't turn into steam when you're finding yourself in a fiery furnace. It continues to flow into your life. Why? Because it's supernatural. Because it's higher than anything else the devil can bring your way. If we could learn this, church, and live by it, and speak by it, and understand it, that everything the devil brings your way is lower than the things that God has for you. The higher you go in God, the less power the devil has over you, church. The more you look up, the more you pray up, the more you elevate yourself in faith, the less power the devil in this world has over you and me. But we live down here, and we wonder why the devil's always doing this. We live down here and we wonder why our joy is not there and and the peace isn't there and all of those things that we long for because we're living way down here, church. But the more we allow the kingdom of God to flow, the, the way I look at it is like this. We're the little bobber, okay, on the sea. And the bobber goes as only high as the water, amen? You take a bucket, you take a cup, it don't matter what it is. You put a bobber on it, if the water goes down, the bobber goes down. If the water goes up, the bobber goes up. It's time for us to let the living waters fill our lives so we can float higher than those things that are under us, amen? That's what we've got to do. We've got to fill ourselves with the Spirit of God and the Word of God and the presence of God and the house of God and the people of God and the worship of God. We need to fill ourselves, church, so we can walk above all of those things. What's flowing into our lives? And where's it flowing from? What we and I need to understand about this joy that I'm talking about, I write it down, I didn't memorize it, but it doesn't collapse at the onslaught of calamity. It doesn't panic in the presence of poverty. You see, the reality is God did not promise us all to be rich. I know there's guys out there on the TV that promise every Christian should be rich. They should have a turkey in every pot and a Cadillac in every garage. It's not true. There are times where the most righteous of individuals became poor. Job himself was a righteous man who was richer than anyone else, and he became poor. Please understand. But somewhere in that trial that he went through, he found the joy of the Lord. Amen? He found the joy of the Lord, and and his life was restored double what he had. So please understand the joy that I'm talking about. It doesn't die at the cruel hand of tragedy. Tragedy will come into our life. And unless we're anchored to Jesus Christ, unless this joy that we're talking about, that tragedy will turn into another tragedy. And our life itself will become a tragic story. It's exactly what the devil wants, church. Uh, we heard it in, in, in Brother Sammy's prayer. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants your life to be a tragedy. He wants your marriage to be a tragedy. He wants your finances to be a tragedy. He wants every day of your life to be a tragedy, church. And the reality is, listen, if we're building our life, if, 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 if everything we do is built on anything other than Jesus Christ, then when a tragedy comes our way, our life becomes a tragedy. 
the chapters of our life. Our story becomes a tragedy. I don't want my life to be a tragedy. I want my life to be a testimony. I want my life to be a legacy. I want my life to be a wonderful story that others can be inspired by. Amen. And I know you want the same exact thing. And the only way that happens is if we allow the goodness of God and the kingdom of God to come down into our life. Here's one of the most important things. It doesn't falter in misery, but according to the word of God, this joy that I'm talking about is so full it ministers in the midst of ministry. Because here's what it says. Because the word of God says their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. You know what that means? It's talking about that individual that is so rooted in God. And that individual who's so rooted in the kingdom of God. It's talking about that individual who has a joy flowing from the sanctuary of God. That when misery comes their way, they're so full, their joy becomes food for someone else. Their joy becomes healing for someone else. Their love becomes hope for someone else. Their fruit becomes something of healing for someone else. Please understand, God has filled you so you might fill someone else. God has touched you so you might touch someone else. God has rescued you so you might rescue someone else. He wants your leaves to become healing. He wants your fruit to become food for someone else. The big problem is we walk into the workplace and we're all shriveled up. We walk into the house of God and we're all shriveled up. We walk out there into the world and the fruit of the Lord and the fruit of love and the fruit of joy ain't nowhere to be found. And so we bring no healing to a sick and dying world. We bring no hope to a hopeless and hurting world. This is what you want need to understand. The reason that God wants your joy to be unspeakable and full of glory is because He wants something to flow from the sanctuary of God in your life and out of your life so that this world can be healed. If you don't get anything else, get that tonight. If you get nothing else, God wants you so full that your fullness becomes someone else's food. And your fullness becomes someone else's healing. I promise you right now that you're thinking of that person that needs healing. I'm not talking just physical healing. They need a spiritual healing in your in their life. They need something. And God has brought them into your life for a reason. The thing you've got to ask and the thing I've got to ask, am I full enough? To become their food. Am I full enough that they go home satisfied after coming into my presence? Am I full enough of the things of God that they overflow into someone else's life? Amen? This is what we have to understand. This is the fruit of the spirit and joy that I'm speaking of this evening. It's the joy that the world can taste And it's the joy that this world can see. It's the joy that reveals to them that the Lord is good. Amen? How is anyone going to know if the Lord is good unless they can taste Him? Unless they can see Him? You go to a restaurant, you're not going to know if anything's good 
until you taste it. Amen? Until it's put in front of you. Well, we could smell good. You see, this isn't in my notes, but this can be us. We can smell real good. We can look real good. We can put on that three-piece suit. We can carry that big fat bottle. We can look the part, but when someone cuts into us, what do they taste? You understand what I'm saying? We and the fruit we bear is how this world tastes and sees that God is good. We are how they taste of His love. We are how they taste of His joy. We are the reason someone is able to say, God is good. What the Bible said, Matthew 5, 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works, which are your fruits, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. This world will never glorify the Father unless they see good fruit in you and me. Please understand, if the only thing that we're ever bearing is rotten fruit, if the only thing that we're ever bearing is lousy fruit, if the only thing that we're ever bearing is bitter fruit and sour fruit and grumbling fruit and complaining fruit and shriveled up fruit, unripe fruit, why would anyone want what we have, church? Why would anyone want a piece of grumbling? Why would anyone ever want a piece of complaining? Why would anyone ever want a piece of your sour, shriveled up, half-ripe piece of fruit? They don't, church. Please understand me. It's what turns them off. It's what turns them away. Your sour, grumbling, my sour, grumbling, unrighteous piece of unrightened, rotten fruit is what turns us into hypocrites, church. They need to see the good fruit of God growing in our life so they can taste and see that God is good. When we grumble, we complain, we gossip, we we bicker, we, uh, we hate one another and despise one another. This world sees it and says their God must be just like them. And they want nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. It's why I say again and again, we've got to be careful who we're connected to. We got to be careful what's flowing, what we allow to flow into our lives, church. This is what we have to understand that when we bring forth good fruit every single month, in every single season, this world will want it. I said it before the worker that sees you rejoicing, full of joy, in the midst of your terrible situation or circumstance, will want what you have. How are you maintaining? How are you seeing it through? How are you handling this? Oh, thank you for asking. Let me tell you about a man named Jesus. Let me tell you from where my joy flows. Let me connect you to the kingdom of God so you can experience a joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. This is what you and I need to understand, church. It put places a responsibility on us, amen? When we bear good fruit, others will want what we have. 
And if we want that kind of fruit growing in our lives, church, we have to understand that the joy Jesus prayed for in John 17, 13, for His disciples and for us, is not created by possessions or positions, but only by a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. The joy that I'm talking about, church, it is not created by possessions. Because one day you have them, And another day you don't. The joy I'm talking about isn't created by positions because you could be some big wig in a Fortune 500 500 company and find yourself in a penthouse office only to find yourself out on the street with with a pink slip next month because they had a big corporate turnover and you got too big for your own britches and they're going to bring in a newbie that costs half the money. Please understand the joy that I'm talking about is not developed by possessions or positions, but only by a person. And that person is Jesus Christ, which takes us all the way back around to the circle that without Jesus Christ, we can't have this joy. Who is the joy of our salvation? It's Jesus Christ. It's the Son of God. It's the Son of glory, church. That's where our joy comes from. And in Him and Him alone flows this joy that we're talking about. He's the water that flows from the sanctuary into our lives. Listen, the saddest Christian, I know i got to start winding this down and I don't want to end it on a bad note, so I'll pick it back up after this. But the saddest Christian I know is the one without joy. The saddest Christian I know is the sour puss. It's the lemon head on who you cannot find the spirit of joy growing in their life, church. It's the negative naysayer that doesn't have the sweet nectar of joy flowing in their life. Listen, when your life is lacking this supernatural joy... When your mouth brings forth bitterness instead of blessing. When people avoid you because you've never got a good and glorious word coming out of your mouth. When you have a rotten reputation. When your words are all wound up with weeds and there's never a positive thing coming forth from you. When your life is sour and not sweet. When it's bitter and not beautiful. Something's wrong, church. And something isn't flowing in your life. And the reality is, if that's us... We need a spiritual transplant and we need to transplant ourselves into some kingdom soil where the water from the sanctuary can flow into our lives. The number one reason we don't have joy is because we're rooted in the wrong place and we're planted in the wrong place and the wrong things are flowing into our lives. And if that's you, church, you need to pick yourself up. You need to dig around the the soil of your soul and you need to place yourself in the proper soil church in kingdom soil if you rarely break the the bread of life if you rarely dig into the word of god if if you rarely plant yourself in the presence of god in the house of god and amongst the people of god and in the promises in the word of god you understand what i'm saying you can't bring forth the fruit of the kingdom in your life show up to church once every two months and wonder why Ain't got no joy. Come to church once a month and you wonder why you can't get into the clapping and you can't get into the singing. You wonder why you can't receive what's being brought forth. It's because you're not planted properly. 
Because you're not giving the kingdom the opportunity to even flow into your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't pray with your kids in the morning. Don't bring the Word of God into your household. Don't allow the kingdom of God to flow into your house and into your kids and into your life. And then you wonder why it's all dry and dead. It's because we're not allowing the kingdom of God to flow into our lives, church. But when we are planted, when we are rooted, then this tremendous supernatural thing called joy flows into our life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close it or start to close here. Here's what I want you to understand. When we are not abounding in joy, if we're not abounding in joy, then most likely we are not abiding in the joy of our salvation. Most likely, more times than not, if you're not abounding in joy, you're not abiding in Jesus Christ. You're not abiding in His Word. You're not abiding in His presence. You're not abiding in His household. You're not abiding in Jesus Christ. And I want to give you five quick words to give you an understanding of that word I leave before we leave. Jesus said in John fifteen seven through 15, more verses, but out of this I'm taking this. In those verses, He said, Abide in me so your joy may be complete. Abide in me. So that you might have this joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. And the word Jesus used, the word abide Jesus used, has five meanings in the Greek. Epimeno, katamino, paramino, hupamino, and prosmino. First one means to persevere, to endure. Katamino means to constantly reside and occupy without vacancy. Please understand what Jesus is saying when he says, Abide in me so your joy can be complete. He's saying to continue on, paramino, to continue on in me daily. He's saying, Hupamino, stay in place in me. Don't leave me. Be firmly planted in me every day so your joy might be complete. He's saying, Persevere in me. He's saying, constantly reside in me and occupy me without vacancy. The problem, that the, one of the reasons we don't have joy is because we're in Jesus and out of Jesus. We're in Jesus, we're out of Jesus. We come into Jesus on Sunday. Come Monday, we're out of Jesus. God said, abide in me. He said, have constant residence in me without vacancy so your joy might be complete. We vacate our relationship with Jesus Christ time and time again and we wonder why there's no joy in our life. Abide in me, Jesus said, so your joy might be complete. He's giving us the key to joy here, church. He's saying, reside in me. Don't go vacant on me. And it flips the other way too. And he says, and don't kick me out either. Don't evict me either so that your joy may be complete. But ultimately, he says, prosmino me. Have a consistent loyalty and submission to me. Consistent loyalty. That's the word that he, that he highlighted the most in this passage when he said, abide in me. Be loyal to me. Be submitted to me. Be submitted to my word. Be submitted to my will. Be submitted to my Holy Spirit. 
Be submitted to my plan and my design, even when it doesn't make sense, even when you can't figure it out. Submit yourself to me so that your joy might be complete. Submission is one of our hardest things, church. Surrendering ourselves completely to the will of God is one of the hardest things we will battle with in life. But if you want your joy to be complete, Jesus said, just submit to me. Stop struggling. Stop flailing. Stop fighting. Just submit to me so that your joy might be complete. Amen? How many of you want that kind of joy flowing in your life? I want you to stand to your feet if you do, because here's all we're going to close with tonight. God, you give me the keys to having joy. But the one that he highlighted the most was to be completely submitted to him. And when we submit to his will, when we submit to his ways, when we submit to his spirit, his joy, here's what happens. We connect ourselves to the the waters of the sanctuary. We connect ourselves to that river that flows in heavenly places. It begins to flow into our lives. And it begins this joy, begins to develop this joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. If that's the joy that you want tonight, we go to the Lord in prayer. Just submit yourself to Him. I'll be the first one to say, there's times I've I've held back some here, God. I've trusted in this or I've trusted in that and I've not submitted completely, yielded completely to you. Tonight, that's what we're doing so that our joy might be complete. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word this evening. We thank you, Father God, for the truth and the revelation that you've spoken to us. I thank you, God, more than anything else, that there is a supernatural joy that's available to us, God. So often we look to the natural. So often we look to our surroundings. So often we base our happiness on the happenings that are around us, God. When you're offering a joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. And the way that we receive those things, Father God, is by abiding in you. By persevering with you. By residing with you. By never taking a break on you or leaving a vacancy, Father God, in your heart or in our heart. uh, Father God, uh, we, we can have this joy by standing firm in you. When everyone else says quit, when everyone else runs away, you've asked us to abide in you, to stand firm in you. To after doing everything we can to stand, we continue to stand firm, God, so that our joy might be complete. But ultimately, God, you're calling us to submit to you, Father to be totally yielded to you, to trust in you, to have confidence in you, to obey you, God. And that's what we do tonight, God. We ask that you would forgive us for disobedience. Forgive us for our lack of trust. Forgive us for leaning on our own understanding. Forgive us for walking in our own ways, God, and doing what we think is right in our own eyes, God. Forgive us for those times, God, where we try to cultivate joy on our own. I pray that you would open up the spigots of heaven tonight, God, and flow from your sanctuary into our lives so we can experience a joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. It's my prayer, God, that your people this week, Father, would be food for those around them. Healing would come from their leaves, Father God, and food would come from the fruit that they bear in their lives. 
Thank you that you were that fruit for us. That you were that healing for us. That you were that love towards us. That you are that joy, Father God, of our salvation. Now let us take it into this world. Let us take it into our families. Let us take it into our marriages and our workplace, God, so others too can taste and see that you are good. We give you the praise and the glory and all of God's people said, Amen. Can we bless the Lord tonight, church, because he is worthy of our praise. If you have a special need, come and tarry. We'll pray with you and bless you. Otherwise, go and be full of the joy of the Lord. Amen.